0: Leviticus 27, these are God's words. Now Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, When a man consecrates by a vow certain persons to Yahweh, according to your valuation, if your valuation is of a male from 20 years old up to 60 years old, then your valuation shall be 50 shekels of silver, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. If it is a female, then your... Valuation shall be 30 shekels. And if from five years old up to 20 years old, then your valuation for a male shall be 20 shekels, and for a female 10 shekels. And if from a month old up to five years old, then your valuation for a male shall be 5 shekels of silver, and for a female your valuation shall be 3 shekels of silver. And if from 60 years old and above, if it is a male, then your valuation shall be 15 shekels, and for a female 10 shekels. But if he is too poor to pay your valuation, then he shall present himself before the priest, and the priest shall set a value for him. According to the ability of him who vowed, the priest shall value him. If it is an animal that men may bring as an offering to Yahweh, all that anyone gives to Yahweh shall be holy. He shall not substitute it or exchange it good for bad, or bad for good, and if he at all exchanges animal for animal, then both it and the one exchanged for it shall be holy. If it is an unclean animal, which they do not offer as a sacrifice to Yahweh, then he shall present the animal before the priest. Then the priest shall set a value for it, whether it is good or bad, as you the priest value it, so it shall be. But if he wants at all to redeem it, then he must add one-fifth to your valuation. And when a man dedicates his house to be holy to Yahweh, then the priest shall set a value for it, whether it is good or bad, as the priest values it, so it shall stand. If he who dedicated it wants to redeem his house, then he must add one fifth of the money of your valuation to it, and it shall be his. If a man dedicates to Yahweh part of a field of his possession, then your field, then your valuation shall be according to the seed for it. Or a homer of barley seed shall be valued at fifty shekels of silver. If he dedicates his field. From the year of Jubilee, according to your valuation, it shall stand. But if he dedicates his field after the Jubilee, then the priest shall reckon to him the money due according to the years that remain till the year of Jubilee, and it shall be deducted from your valuation. And if he who dedicates the field ever wishes to redeem it, then he must add one-fifth of the money of your valuation to it, and it shall belong to him. But if he does not want to redeem the field, or if he has sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed anymore. But the field, when it is released in the jubilee, shall be holy to Yahweh as a devoted field. It shall be the possession of the priest. And if a man dedicates to Yahweh a field which he has bought, which is not the field of his possession, then the priest shall reckon to him the worth of your valuation up to the year of jubilee, and he shall give your valuation on that day, as a holy offering to Yahweh. In the year of jubilee, the field shall return to him from whom it was bought, to the one who owned the land as a possession. All your valuations shall be according to the shekel of sanctuary, twenty gerahs to the shekel. But the firstborn of the animals, which should be the Lord's, should be Yahweh's firstborn. No man shall dedicate, whether it is an ox or sheep, it is Yahweh's. And if it is an unclean animal, then he shall redeem it according to your valuation. And he shall add one-fifth to it, For if or if it is not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to your valuation. Nevertheless, no devoted offering that a man may devote to Yahweh of all that he has, both man and beast, or the field of his possession, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted offering is most holy to Yahweh. No person under the man who may become doomed to destruction among men shall be redeemed, but shall surely be put to death. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is Yahweh's. It is holy to Yahweh. If a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, or whatever passes under the rod, the tenth, the tenth one shall be holy to Yahweh. He shall not inquire whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. If he exchanges it, changes it at all, it, then both it and the one exchanged for it shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which Yahweh commanded Moses for the children of Israel on Mount Sinai. Amen. Thus ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Uh, The Lord, having given his people the uh, regular way uh, of drawing near to him by offering, he makes now an uh, allowance, an accommodation, a way for them uh, in times of uh, extreme gratitude or uh, love towards him to consecrate uh, something else, a house or a land, um, a house or a field, or Uh, an animal, or even uh, a person unto the Lord. Uh, And the word that is translated, consecrates here in verse two, is actually from the word for working wonders, Uh, a word that is ordinarily used of God, and uh, miracles that that he works. Of course, when it's used of a man, uh, it doesn't mean working wonders, because God alone works uh, wonders, but it does mean, Uh, some form of extraordinary vow uh, unto the Lord, uh, extraordinary promise unto the Lord. Uh, Scriptures here teach us to expect that there are going to be times in God's providence to us and God's gracious work in us in which he is going to overwhelm us with thankfulness and love to him uh, and that we should be uh, prepared uh, to devote ourselves to him uh, in those times. And so the Lord gives them the opportunity to do that now with these extraordinary vows. Uh, whatever is vowed here is above and beyond uh, the offerings by which one draws near uh, in ordinary worship and even the free will offerings that we saw earlier in the book uh, that uh, can be a part of ordinary worship. And it certainly is above the ordinary tithe or the firstborn who are dedicated. We saw that uh, in verse 26. The firstborn is already Yahweh's, so it can't be uh, offered and, uh, in this way. The tithes are already Yahweh's, so uh, verse uh, 30 through 33, those uh, can't be offered uh, in this way. Uh, and uh, if they want to redeem uh, a tithe. They are permitted to do that. They can add the one-fifth. Uh, but there are, you know, whether it's a clean animal that is devoted to the Lord and then uh, then it becomes uh, a sacrifice, an offering, or an unclean animal, uh, which the priest would uh, give a valuation for, uh, and probably uh, an unclean animal that is devoted uh, would be Uh, sold and the money given to the priests, uh, or perhaps if it was an unclean uh, beast that can work the field, it might be used in a priest's field uh, or uh, a house or a land. Uh, But if it was a person, uh, they might be devoted into the service uh, of the priesthood and the service of the tabernacle, similar to uh, when Samuel uh, was uh, dedicated by Hannah Or probably uh, Jephthah's daughter. Uh, That's uh, what happened uh, with her. Uh, But there are these things uh, that these ways that they could offer, especially unto the Lord. And uh, the Lord's work uh, still uh, needs the uh, support and help. The uh, apostles and elders uh, and then the poor of the congregation uh, were taken care of by that which was gathered and laid first at the apostles' feet and, uh, and then at, um, gathered by the deacons. Uh, and that continues today, we have deacons. Uh, and so uh, we ought to expect that one of the things that's going to happen in our lives is that sometimes the Lord is going to do uh, something uh, uh, in a way that catches our attention or he's going to work in our hearts in a way that stirs up our thankfulness and love to him even more than in the ordinary way uh, of bringing the tithes and the offerings and the freewill offerings um, that we often and frequently bring to him, uh, and that at those times we will want to do like uh, some were doing in Acts chapter 5. Well, this extraordinary vow that was being made was actually... Uh, one in which they were giving that which was costly, especially if you gave yourself into the service of the tabernacle, or um, or a servant, or even uh, a child, and that's actually what we're intended to see in verses three through seven. Uh, now, reading it with Western eyes, uh, and especially with twentieth uh, or twenty-first century uh, American eyes, um, you know we've been. Uh, trained by the form of slavery and what happened over it in our nation, uh, and by the rise of feminism since the middle of the uh, the nineteenth century to read something like that and say, "Oh, they're adding they're giving values for people, and the females are valued less. Uh, and uh, we become uh, sanctimonious and judgmental. Uh, and we we pretend to ourselves that we're being sanctimonious and judgmental uh, to the Israelites. Uh, but you're actually being sanctimonious and judgmental to God. He's the one who sets these values. Uh, and yet, uh, what we're actually intended to see uh, is not the the way that these values relate to one another, uh, but the way that these values relate to the valuations that were placed on servants and slaves uh, in the Near East at the time. Uh, and these valuations are tens or even um, hundreds as much uh, and so what the lord is uh, communicating here is how greatly he uh he values his people and encouraging them uh to take vowing uh something like this very seriously because if you add one fifth to uh to redeem to uh to retrieve uh the person then uh, that is uh, going to be an even more significant cost uh, and so the implications here uh, are the the greatness of the cost that is paid uh, to to redeem someone there are hints here of the greatness then of Christ's sacrifice if not just atoning for our sin but redeeming purchasing uh, that which uh, had uh, had been lost and as we uh as we go through the chapter and we come to those who are not even able to be redeemed uh towards the end because they've been devoted to destruction, we see not only uh high value but that Christ redeems the impossible uh, Christ redeems those who are uh devoted to destruction uh so um, we mustn't miss. Uh, that theme of the high valuation of that which is devoted to God and love and thankfulness, the high valuation that God places upon his people when they devote themselves. Uh, and this too, uh, you might uh, be able to continue uh, under the the leadership or the authority uh, of the deacons in the church because there are going to be people needed for uh, distribution. There are going to be people needed uh, to do logistical work that facilitates um, the work of the church, the ministry of the church, the um, prayer and the preaching of the word and the the breaking of the bread, the means of grace and the public worship that the diaconate was formed uh, to support. Perhaps not in the way of servitude, since we don't have that in our culture, uh, but it might be something that uh, you in a season or a moment of your life in which the Lord has done a great thing for you, you come to the deacons and say, uh, I really would like to, uh, to give five hours a week, 10 hours a week, whatever it is. Uh, put me to work, whatever the work is. This is uh, a vow that I have taken uh, with the Lord and I, uh, I want to uh, give myself in, uh, in this way. Now we don't have priests and you're not going to have a valuation that you can pay to get yourself out of it and uh, and those sorts of things you have. Uh, There is uh, some general equity wisdom application uh, there, but uh, that's something that uh, the deacons hopefully uh, would be uh, able to uh, give guidelines uh, on. But just the reality that that this is something that God's people uh, were to have on their minds uh, and their hearts, uh, the uh, not only devoting themselves as something valuable, but then, then also the reality of redemption. The language of redeeming here in chapter 27 only appeared elsewhere in chapter 25 with the Jubilee, and it prepares us. Uh, this is the same language uh, as in the uh, book of Ruth, uh, where there is a Redeemer who, uh, who pays uh, the price, and it is pointing us to Christ. Finally, not only do we see a chapter on extraordinary vows and uh, redemption and valuations for redemption here, uh, but there is also a strong emphasis on the necessity of faithfulness in keeping the vow. Uh, if someone had vowed a particular animal, uh, as in verse ten, or God had set apart to Himself a particular animal, as in verse thirty-three, by uh, by the tithe they were not uh, permitted to pull a switcheroo later. And if they tried, they would forfeit both animals. Uh, if a man had uh, devoted uh, a field uh, unto Yahweh, and then he unscrupulously went and sold the or had consecrated dedicated a field unto Yahweh and then uh he unscrupulously went and sold it uh, the sale would stand uh however uh long until the the jubilee but then at the jubilee it doesn't revert back to the person who sold it it reverts forever to the priests which is actually a very big deal since uh they were not uh they were not permitted to sell their inheritance and their family then would be dispossessed in Israel of uh of that land and so there's a very strong emphasis in this chapter uh on uh the necessity of keeping the these vows and that goes with uh what we had just on the Lord's day about uh when we swear a vow or when we swear an oath to take it very seriously it means that uh we are not to run lightly into making uh, such vows, such promises, such responses uh, to the Lord. If you know advan- in advance how high the valuation is, if you know in advance that to redeem your way out of it you would have to uh, have to add one fifth, if you know in advance uh, that uh, trying to wriggle out of it by dishonesty uh, is uh, results in a severe penalty, uh, then you will enter into it uh, seriously and carefully. Uh, and you will not look back. Once you have made your vow, you'll be uh, completely committed to it. Uh, And this too in the New Testament, uh, we see that honesty in making and paying the vow is very important. You remember Ananias and Sapphira. They were just dishonest about uh, the amount that had been vowed. It was was up to them uh, to devote uh, all or part. Uh, And when they lied about it, uh, the Lord told them they had lied to the Holy Spirit. The apostle Peter, by the Holy Spirit, uh, told them they had lied not to men, uh, but to God. And so that, uh, that too helps us understand these severe penalties here uh, are because this is especially something not between the Israelite and the priest. This is something between the Israelite uh, and God, the believer, Uh, And the Lord Uh, one of the things that we learn here then is the necessity of interacting with God himself uh, over the good things that he does for us and uh, in those times when he opens our eyes to see just how good and glorious he is and stirs up our hearts to want to give uh, uh, an extraordinary uh, gift to him uh, and not just to do it by you know writing a check, uh, but to swear a vow to the lord to um, to make a uh to have dealings with God uh, in our hearts uh, and before him as we offer himself offer ourselves uh to him, so may uh, his holy Spirit help us to uh, interact seriously and thankfully and devotedly. Uh, with our God uh, in all of our life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this portion uh, of your word. We pray that you would uh, indeed uh, stir us always up to love uh, you and to be thankful to you. Thank you for the ordinary way in which you bring us near uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for how he devoted himself Uh, to a destruction that could not hold him, to redeem us who uh, were devoted to a destruction that would have held us. And we pray that he would be glorified as our redeemer. And we pray that you would fill our hearts with thankfulness and love and response to him and response uh, to you. Help us by your spirit, we pray, to have uh, genuine dealings with you in our lives and in your worship make us to be those who uh, make commitments to you and keep them we pray that you would give us more understanding uh, about these things uh, as they are not uh, not well known and well practiced but we O lord want to have a life that is an interaction with you delighting in you responding to you. Uh, So give that to us in both the the ordinary way and then in those great occasions uh, in our lives as well, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.